0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to support our listener support campaign. Your financial support, greatly appreciated. Uh, during the whole year, we will always uh, send you access to our premium site with any donation of $7 or more. But during the listener support campaign, all donations of $20 or more will receive an additional thank you gift. Among the options we have available, at the $100 level, we will send you the download version of a Harry Nile box set. The Adventures of Harry Nile is a radio series that's been being made in Seattle since the 1970s and manages to recapture the feeling of the golden age of radio. Each box set includes more than 20 episodes of The Adventures of Harry- Harry Niles starring the late Phil Harper. And for a donation of $100 or more, we'll send you your choice of sets. Set 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6 in the history of Harry Niles. Also, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, for a donation of $100 or more, we'll send you your choice of one of the three volumes of John Abbott's great a uh, guide to uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, with information, cast notes on every program, including uh, the close to 100 lost episodes. Volume 1 covers the pre-Bailey years. Volume 2 covers the Bailey years. Volume 3 covers the post-Bailey years. And if you're in the U.S. or Canada, we can send you one of the three for a donation of $100 or more, or all three with a donation of $250 or more. More details and other options are available at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, we had uh, the last lost episode for a while between last week's show and this week's show. So today's program is from May the 19th of 1957. And the title is The Michael Meany Mirage Matter. Huh, I wonder if the people who made up titles for the lineup episodes uh wrote the title for that one. Anyway... Here now is yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: From Hollywood, it's time now for...
2: Johnny Dollar. George Reed speaking. Oh, good morning, George. Is it? Well, sure. The birds are singing, the bees are buzzing. And there
1: are whales in the Gulf of
2: Mexico. Oh, there are. What? You know anything
3: about whales, Johnny? Can't say that I do. Well, neither do I. Mississippi.
2: can you go down there? Well, yeah, sure, but what's this all about? I
3: told you. Whale. Oh,
2: come on. You people didn't insure it. A... Now, George... Oh,
3: Johnny, of course we didn't, but we did write a voter policy covering 80 pounds of amber gris. Amber who? Gris. Comes from a whale. Uh-huh. Very valuable, used in the making of perfume. Oh, yeah. We issued the policy a week ago. Yesterday, the stuff disappeared. How much did you cover it for? 20,000.
1: And our agent down there is W.C. Owen. Got it? Owen, huh? Yes. You really shouldn't have any trouble locating the stuff. No? Why not? Because, and I quote Mr. Owen... Ambergris smells worse than a hound dog which has caught a skunk. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: The expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Floyd's of England American Branch Office, 443 North 15th Street, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Michael Mini Mirage matter. Expense account item one, $168. Transportation from Hartford to the Markham Hotel in Gulfport, Mississippi. I called W.C. Owen, the agent who had sold the policy covering the ambergris. Half an hour later, I opened the door of my room to a middle-aged man wearing a brown seersucker suit. Mr. Dollar, is that right?
4: Sure is. Come on in, Mr. Owen. Come on. Thanks, thanks. Well, Dollar, I'm not going to fool around about this. I'm in a mess, and you are my only chance of getting out of it. Well, I'll do whatever I
2: can, Mr. Owen.
4: You just find that ambergris. And man, please find it within the next 48 hours. Oh, why the rush? Two reasons. When the Ambergris was stolen off the freight platform at the train depot day before yesterday, it was packed for shipping. Had enough dry ice around it, to last 72 hours, but no more.
2: Uh-huh. Now, what's the second reason?
4: That might mean Who's he? Owner of the Ambergris and a real good client of mine. I promised him you'd locate stuff for sure. Well, I appreciate your confidence, Mr. On. Name's W.C. Mr. around here sounds too highfalutin for, for an insurance salesman. Okay, W.C., What's this fellow mean he's so worried about?
2: The ambergris is covered for 20000
4: He told me he'd learned it was worth a lot more than that since the floater was issued. Something up near 60000
2: Pretty rare stuff.
4: It is. Matter of fact, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody finding ambergris in the Gulf. Who fished in out of the water? Meany? No, a young fellow worked for him named Billy Fisher. Did Meany buy it from Fisher? Didn't have to. Belonged to Mr. Meany right off. Oh, why's that? Well, because Fisher works for him. Mr. Meany lets out his fishing boats to fellas, which ain't got no boat of their own, or even a chance of getting one. He rents them out, you mean? No, he don't rent them. He lets them out on share. Mr. Meany puts up the boat, gas nets, everything. And whoever runs the boat, well, he, whatever he catches, he belongs to Mr. Meany. Ah, uh-huh. and
2: because Fisher happened to be in Meany's boat when he found the Abergrist, it automatically became Meany's property,
4: huh? Now he got a boat.
2: Uh-huh. Did Fisher know what it was, or the value of it, when he turned it over to Meany?
4: Well, you have to ask him about that. Yeah, I plan to. But first, I'd like to have a talk with this Mike Meany. I'm way ahead of you, Dollar. I called Meany right after you called me. He's waiting for us. How far is he live from here? Oh, about three or four miles down the beach road toward Biloxi. Place called Mississippi City. Mississippi City? Uh-huh. But don't let the name fool you. Ain't nothing there except a couple of stores, fishing boat landing, and the train depot. Uh, sounds like a real quiet place. It is. It's also where this whole thing started and where I hope it finishes. And the sooner, the better.
2: A few minutes later, we were driving east along the coast. Ahead of us, we could see Mississippi City's one and only landmark, a long wooden pier extending far out into the gulf. Anchored near the end of it were several small fishing boats. We passed the Meany General Store and the Meany Fish Market, then turned into a narrow driveway. I'm not sure what kind of a house I'd expected Mike Meany to live in, but this certainly wasn't it. It was too small and it needed a coat of paint. We got out, and Owen led the way to the side porch.
4: Mr. Meany, you at home? Doesn't look like he is. No, no, he's here. Listen. What in the name of... Sure, heavy, ain't he? Yes, sir. Ain't another man his size, the whole United States. Good night, I believe.
5: WC boy, you sure took your sweet time getting here...
4: Yeah. Well, they made it just as yeah. fast as we could, Mr. Meany. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is the fellow I was telling you about, Mr. Johnny Dollar. Mm. Both of you come inside.
5: That's <laughs> it, Morgan. You men sit down on the sofa. I'll just lower, uh, lower myself into this, uh, this here, uh, chair. There. Yeah, now then. You're a detective, huh, Dollar? Well... Well, and me ain't giving me an answer. You're a detective or you ain't a detective. Now, which is it? I'm an insurance investigator. Right now, I'm being paid to find 80
2: pounds of ambergris
4: that you lost. Lost? Lost? You didn't mean nothing by saying that. You mean, hush me. up,
5: you you road agent. Mr. Meany...
4: Dollar, that stuff was stolen,
5: you hear? Thieved... Right in the broad light of day. You're sure? Well, I'm sure 80 pounds of ambergris didn't get up and walk off by itself. Yes, sir. Me too. It's, you know, exactly where was it when it was stolen? Uh, sitting in a box I had built for it, a special box. Box? Smell proof. Cost oh, $25. Oh, shut up. I was sending it to New Orleans to a fellow I'd heard might be able to sell it for me. The box was on the platform. Right outside the American Express office of the depot. Here in Mississippi City? Boy, you ever take a bad fall out of your cri- crib? No, you ignorant in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Where do you think that depot was? Well, it could have been in Gulfport. No, it couldn't ever do business there. Okay, okay, so I'm wrong. No, but that's the first time you ever admitted it. <sighs> <laughs> Had the box been checked
2: in at American Express? You mean, had the freight been paid in New Orleans? Yes, that's what I mean. That's crowns and ignorant no good. Had it been paid, Mr. Meany? No, it hadn't. Why not?
5: Because the rat I trusted with the ambergris and sent down to the station to see it got on the train. Yeah? He'd promise. He'd give his word. He wouldn't take his eyes off that stuff for one second. <laughs> that dirty. That norther. Are you okay, Miss Minnie? No. but well, you sit down. You make me nervous, W.C. Yes, sir. Gee.
6: Every
5: time I think of that, T.J., that stupid nephew of mine, well, you know what he done, Dollar. He spotted something more interesting to look after than $20,000
4: worth of ambergris. Ambergr- okay, who was she? She. Oh, W.C. toad. No, I didn't. No, sir. Mr. Dollar, he he's just clever. Yeah, well, anyway,
5: according to T.J., this young female pulled up in an open car across the road from where he was at. And it wasn't until he got up close that he could see that she was wearing a, a strapless bathing suit. You see, Mr. Dollar, T.J. T. J. T. thought... He T. knows what T.J. thought, you was. You keep your mouth shut, WC,
4: for whatever you say, Mr.
5: Williams. Well, while T.J.
2: was investigating the uh, situation, uh, someone made off with of the ambergris, is that right? Right. Well, what about the other people at the station? There weren't no other people there.
5: How about the baggage clerk and the passenger agent? Where were they? They? Sam Burroughs is the only man that works down the depot. And he was busy selling some woman a pullman ticket
4: to Memphis. How long did T.J. talk to the girl? Just a couple of minutes, according to him, that is. You want to ask him yourself? He works at the all-night cafe in Gulfport.
2: All right, thanks. Well, we sure haven't much to go on.
4: You got nothing to go on,
5: so you might as well give me my twenty thousand and head back up north. We belong. Belong. Not yet, Mister. Meaning you got forty-five hours. At the end of that time, I want my insurance money. Money. You don't see that I have with Mr. W.C. Owen, you're going to be sorry. You know what I mean? Mean? Yes, sir. I know.
2: Owen didn't say another word until we pulled out of Fat Mike Meany's driveway and had turned left going
4: on down the beach toward Biloxi. I suppose you think I should have stood up to him a little more, huh? No, I,
2: I figured you had your reasons for not wanting to get into an argument with him.
4: See those boats off the end of the pier? The
2: small fishing boats, uh uh-huh.
4: they belong to Meany. He's also got money invested in half the business place along the beach. You know what that means, Dollar.
2: Yeah, well, where I come from, he'd pull a
4: lot of weight. That's it. And anybody he gets riled at. Well, one word from him and a good many of my clients would be screaming for me to cancel their policies. Like that, huh? Just like that. Hey, where are we going? Billy Fishers. This way, this here is the boarding house he lives in. Come on.
2: Uh-oh. Okay, boy. Okay. Easy now. Easy, easy. That's it. Good boy.
6: Good boy. you know the dog is back in the car. Well, good afternoon, Miss Harvey. Oh, well, my goodness, Miss Owen.
4: This is an unexpected pleasure for sure. Why, thank you, ma'am. Ah, uh, this here is Mister Johnny Dollar, Miss Harvey.
2: Afternoon.
6: Pleased to know you, Mister Dollar. Wouldn't you like to come in and sit down?
2: No, thanks. We really don't have much time.
4: Oh, Mister Dollar is an insurance investigator. Right now, he wants to have a talk with Billy Fisher, providing his home. Why, sure he is. You'll find him
6: round the side there. Oh, but yes, sir? Well, he's with Jane Higgins, Miss Owen. Jane. Oh, you know, her pa rented that old Miller place again. The girl that got Billy into that trouble. Oh, oh, yes.
2: What, uh, what kind of trouble, Mrs. Harvey?
6: Well, it happened when the Higgins were down here two years ago. Billy and Jane have always been sweet on each other. But being as Billy as Billy and doesn't have to fang of his own, not even a job, except fishing one of Mr. Meany's boats. Well, Jane's pa just put
4: his foot down. Yeah, but didn't mean anything to Billy. No, sir. At means not until old man Higgins got a sheriff after him. That still didn't stop Jane. <laughs> and finally, the Higgins' just
6: packed up. They didn't come back until just three weeks ago Saturday.
2: How old is the Higgins' girl now?
6: Oh, 19, 19. And she hasn't changed one bit in those two years, no, sir. She's just over here all the time. <laughs> 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 She'll be some fur when her paw-fine's Oh, There they are now. <laughs> really? James! You. Hey, come over here a minute, Billy. Someone wants to see
2: you. Sure. Billy? now she has Mr. Dollar. Hi. Howdy. Uh, Miss Higgins, Mr. Dollar, and Mr. Owen. Uh, Hello, Miss Higgins. How are you? Billy. I wonder if I could speak to you alone for a moment, huh? Yes, sir. What'd you want to talk to me about? Mr. Meany. And the ambergris you found? Oh, that. Where did you find it, Billy?
5: Out near Cat Island floating
2: in the East Channel. Uh Uh-huh. Did you know what it was as soon as you saw it? No, sir, not exactly, but I read a story once about a fellow that found some ambergris, and he sure made a lot of money off it. So you weren't going to take any chances, and you halted aboard, is that right? Uh, Yes, sir, something like that. Billy, you realized that anything you caught or salvaged with that boat uh, belonging to Mr. Meany, uh, it wasn't yours. You realized that, didn't you?
5: Well, not right then I didn't know, sir. He'd give me some kind of a contract to sign when I started working
2: for him, but I never read it. Well, what happened when you put in at the pier that night?
5: Oh, that Cliff Stillinger,
2: Mr. Meany's checker. He spied the ambergris right off, and he made me turn it over to him. Was that the last time you saw it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, that was it. Okay, Billy. That's all I had on my mind.
5: Well, that's all? I mean, no questions about whether I swiped it from the train station or not?
2: Would you tell me if you had?
5: You crazy, something? Heck no!
2: After saying goodbye to Jane Higgins and taking a rain check on a dinner invitation for Mrs. Harvey, Owen and I drove back to town. I was tired and I was discouraged, and I needed a good night's sleep, so I had him drop me off at the hotel. At the desk, I found a message to call long distance operator nineteen. A few minutes later, the call was completed. Hi, George. Thought it was you.
1: Johnny, where in blazes have you been? I've been trying to get hold of you all afternoon.
2: Oh, something important? No,
1: I was just curious about the weather down
2: there. Oh, well, it's great, great warm, but not too warm. Johnny. Okay, George, what's happened? One of the boys upstairs got wind of that ambergris claim. So? So he just happens to have a friend who's an ichthyologist. Well, bully for him. Johnny, this ichthyologist says that ambergris comes only from the sperm whale. And there has never been a sperm whale alive that would be caught dead swimming in the Gulf of Mexico. What? You follow me, Johnny? I think so. If there's never been a sperm whale in the Gulf, then that stuff you people insured couldn't have been. But George, if it wasn't ambergris, what was it?
1: I don't know. But unless you find it, we're stuck
2: for twenty thousand bucks. Holy smokes! <laughs>
3: Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star there stands yet another flag for each of the 50 states. New Mexico's flag is an ancient Zia sun symbol, a red circle on a field of yellow. Radiating from four points, which we might indicate as north, east, south, and west, are four parallel lines. Four was a sacred number of Zia, the number most often used by the giver of all good gifts. The earth had four main directions, each with its own gifts. The year had four seasons, each with a different offering for mankind. The day had four phases, sunrise, noontime, evening, and night. Life had its four divisions, childhood, youth, manhood, and old age. Everything in life and nature was bound together in a circle, the circle of life and love, without beginning and without end. And in this great brotherhood of all things, man had four obligations. He must develop a strong body, a clear mind, and a pure spirit. Fourth, and most sacred, he must hear it, to the welfare of his people. From this simple symbol, the Zia Sun, we read the legend of a wonderful philosophy. The flag's colors of flaming red and golden orange... Represent the banners of Ferdinand and Isabella, which were carried by Columbus across the Atlantic. New Mexico's state flag, the flag of the 47th state to enter the Union, was adopted on March 19, 1925. Now, Act Two
1: of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Michael Meany Mirage Matter.
2: talking to George Reed and learning that there was considerable doubt in his mind concerning the origin of the ambergris Mike Meany had insured with Reed's company, I called WCO and the agent who had issued the policy to come down to the hotel. He was as shocked and surprised as I'd been.
4: Johnny, I, I just can't believe it. Yeah, well, it's
2: true. At least according to a man who's studied the habits of sperm whales for years. Oh,
4: and those kind of whales never come into the Gulf? No, not according to him. What if... Ambergris isn't ambergris. What is it? W.C., your guess is as good as mine.
2: But whatever it is, it isn't worth $20,000. No,
4: guess not. Johnny? Yeah. You don't think Mr. Meany's trying to pull a fast one, do you? Trying to defraud the company? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I doubt it.
2: He has all the money he'll need for a while.
4: Yeah, that's for sure.
2: Uh, tell me, W.C., did Meany have the ambergris analyzed before he asked you to insure
4: it? Matter of fact, he did. Even showed me a letter which said that the stuff was Ambergris. You remember who made the analysis for him? A chemist over in Don't recall his name offhand, but he signed that letter he gave Mr. Meany.
2: Ah, uh, okay. First thing in the morning, we'll take another trip out to Meany's place. In the meantime, don't mention any of this to anyone, will no, you?
4: No, 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 I won't. Jerry? Yeah? I should have checked on that chemist, shouldn't I? And, and, and I shouldn't have been so anxious to take Mr. Meany's work. Well, we all make mistakes. Not big ones. Not big ones like this. Johnny, we just got to find that stuff. Cause if we don't, we'll never know if it was ambergris or not, will we? No, W.C.,
2: we won't. I felt sorry for Owen. I knew as well as he did that the company might recall his franchise unless we could prove it was ambergris that had been insured. And at the moment, I was quite sure we couldn't do that. The next morning, the coffee shop was crowded, so I started up toward the center of town, looking for another place to have breakfast. I was about four or five blocks from the hotel when I heard someone calling me. Mr.
6: Donald, Johnny! Mm. Oh!
2: Oh, yeah, good morning, Jane. Good
6: morning, yourself. Well,
2: well, what are you doing in town so bright and early?
6: I'm going on a shopping spree. Oh? A girl can't get married in just any old thing, oh, you
2: know? Yes, she can't. Oh, oh, well, who's the lucky guy? Well,
6: who do you think? Billy Fisher? I certainly wouldn't marry anyone else.
2: Well, uh, Jane, it's none of my business, but uh, I heard... You
6: heard that my father's dead set against Billy, didn't you? Yeah, something like that. Well, he is. But there isn't much he can do about it. I'm over 18. Besides, he's going to change his mind about Billy. I hope so. Mm. He's going to be real sorry he ever treats Billy the way he has. Uh,
2: Jane, look, I haven't had breakfast yet. How about joining me for a cup of coffee?
6: Oh, I'd love to. Where we go?
2: Oh, how about over there, the all-night cafe?
6: All right. Oh, no, I mean, I... Do you know what time it is, Mr. Dollar?
2: Hmm, just ten after nine. Why?
6: Well, I just remembered something important. I'll see you later, here. Hmm. Funny.
2: Or is it? I crossed the street and entered the all-night cafe. Behind the counter, wearing a white T-shirt, apron, and a Valentino-type hairdo, was a man about 23 years old. Morning. will it be? Ham and eggs and coffee. I want them eggs. Over oh, easy. Okay?
4: It's okay with me. I ain't eating them. Do it half nice with pig. You want your coffee now? Yeah, please. Um,
2: do you happen to know a man named Mike Meany? I should. He's my uncle. Oh, well, then you must be T.J.
5: That's right. Yeah,
2: How come you know me? I was talking to your uncle yesterday. My name's Dollar. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he told me if you'd come around, I should tell you anything you want to know. Well, what happened at the depot that afternoon, T.J.?
4: Didn't he already tell you that? Well, I'd like to hear your side of it. There well, ain't much to tell. I was sitting there waiting to put that box in the 303, and this second gal drove up. Uh-huh. What happened then? Man, she gave me just about the biggest come on I ever did get. So you left the freight
2: platform and crossed the road to talk to her? Well, shoot, Mr. Dollar. I didn't see nothing wrong in doing that. There
5: wasn't nobody around. Oh,
2: there must have been. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon so, but I sure didn't see it. T.J., did that girl tell you her name? Yeah. What is it? Betty Lou Miller. Betty Lou Miller.
4: Yeah. Now, look, Mr. Huntley. No, no,
2: wait. Have you seen her since then? Well, sure. When was that? Well, just now, out in the street. She's a girl you was talking to. I finished my ham and eggs and walked back to the hotel. Owen was waiting for me, but before we drove to Mike Meany's house, we made a stop at the railroad depot. The agent remembered everything that had happened that afternoon, the afternoon the ambergris had been stolen, including the name of the woman who had purchased the Pullman ticket to Memphis at the time of the theft. After thanking Sam for his help, we went on to the Meany place.
5: Morning. Sit yourselves down. Well, thank you, Mr. Meany. Dollar? Dollar, you find my ambergris here? Yeah? No, sir. Yeah. But I think I know who has it. Who do you mean? You mean you know who stole it from the depot? I think so, Mr.
2: Meany. I'm not sure.
5: Well, boy, boy, you just let me have their name. Yes, sir, I'll get the sheriff out here and see their foot under the jail. Now, you come on. Tell me,
2: who did it? No, sir, I'm sorry. I'll tell you when I'm sure and not before.
5: What? Well, well, when's that going to be? Depends. Depends on what? Whether you'll help me or not. Why? Well, you... You ignorant, stupid Yankee. Yeah, you know good and well, boy. I'll help you. Yes, sir. No, no, what? What do you want me to do? Give Owen here the letter you
2: received from the chemist that analyzed the emigrants. Is
5: that all? That's all for now. Uh, but boy, boy, you daughter, where do you think you're going?
2: To see a lady, Mr. Meany. Owen, I'll call you as soon as I'm sure.
5: Right. Good luck, Johnny. <laughs>
2: I drove down the beach to Mrs. Harvey's boarding house. Billy Fisher was out with the boat, so I had plenty of time to tell her what
6: I knew. It's all my fault, Mr. Dollar. I planned the whole thing and put Billy up to it.
2: And bought the Pullman ticket?
6: Yes, I still have it. Been meaning to turn it in for the money, but just haven't had a chance to get down to the depot.
2: Tell me, Mrs. Harvey, how did you know that T.J. would leave the ambergris when he did? Oh,
6: everybody around here knows T.J.'s weakness for girls. Wondering he hadn't been locked up long ago. Yeah.
2: Well, it was a beautiful job. You timed it just like a professional.
6: <laughs> I thank you for the compliment. Where was Billy? In the woods on the other side of the railroad track. Uh-huh. He waited till Jane got T.J. all mixed up. Then he scooted across, got the but and ran back into the tree. And
2: Jane picked him up after leaving the depot? Yes,
6: sir. You care for a cup of coffee, Mr. Dollar?
2: No, no thanks for Sorry.
6: You look so downhearted.
2: Well, I, I guess that's part of my job, too. What did Billy do with the hamburgers?
6: I sent it on to Atlanta. A man there is going to sell it for him. Oh, I see. My, you sure look like you lost your best friend.
2: Yeah, well, I, um, I ran into Jane this morning. She was going shopping for her trousseau.
6: Yes, I knew.
2: Mrs. Harvey. If it turns out that that isn't Ambergris.
6: Oh, they'll still get married no matter what, Mr. Dollar. If not now, then
4: so Dollar, Dollar! You Yankee schemer! What? Where are you at? What a Mr. Dollar!
6: Earth? Well, that sounds like Mr. Owen. And my friend, Mr.
5: Meaning.
4: Dollar! Just what
5: you're trying to put.
4: I tried to keep him from coming over here, Mr. Dollar, but I just couldn't handle him at all. All
5: right, takes It's a long way from being all right.
4: Just what
6: do you want here, Mr. Fat Mike Meany?
4: What do I want?
6: Why,
5: woman, I want to arrest you and that dirty, uh, backbiting. Billy Fisher and his girl was stealing my amber. Amber, amber grease. that's what I want. Hush. I want to see you in jail. Jail,
6: don't be ridiculous.
5: Ridiculous, why, woman. That's uh... what
6: I now, if you don't get off my property... Yeah, but
5: you, woman, you stole
6: it. How do you know I stole anything?
5: I know because this here worm of an insurance agent wouldn't have a customer left on the beach unless he told me. Well,
6: he told you wrong. Billy took that amber No. Bread, but it belonged to him all the time.
5: Why, Well, I, well a woman, that's a lie. Ain't
6: that right, Mr. Dollar?
5: Yeah, it sure is. At least it is, if it was ambergris. It's ambergris, right enough. on? Well, I <clears throat> I called that chemist, but he quit his job a couple of days ago. Couldn't find no record he made of it. Don't need no record. It's ambergris, and it's mine. It's Betty.
6: You think it's yours? Mm. You're seeing a mirage. Tell him, Mister Dollar.
5: Dollar, if this is some kind of a low-down yank,
2: keep tricked. It's no trick, <sighs> Mister Meany. Missus Harvey showed me the contract you have with him? Well, what's that got to do with him? Stealing the ambergris. Just this. Yes. The contract states that all fish and fish products and byproducts, caught or sane, while using your boat, belong to you. That's right. Exactly right, sir. So? so, the ambergris doesn't. What? No, sir. Ambergris comes from a whale. And the whale is not a fish. <laughs> it's a
4: mammal.
5: Dollar, not dollar, you boy. No, no wait a
4: we're well, Dog gone.
2: Uh, they say that young love can work miracles, and I guess it must be true, because later that day, a huge sperm whale was sighted about three miles offshore near the Cat Island Channel. Proving, as I've always said, you can't figure whales any more than you can people. Expense account total, including hotel bill and transportation back to Hartford, $420.10. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story.
2: Next week, The Wayward Truck Matter. And I'll leave you to figure that one out for yourself. But join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood... Written by Charles B. Smith It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Jeanette Nolan, G. Stanley Jones, Junius Matthews, Gil Stratton, Dick Crenna, and John Daner. Musical supervision is by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverley speaking. Uh-huh. has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
0: Welcome back. Well, Michael Meany might be able to boss around a lot of people, but he can't boss around biology. A nice little twist there. Good, uh, relaxing episode even if it was a bit stereotypical about the south though i will say the only thing that wasn't stereotypical was that remark inside the uh restaurant when johnny asked if he could have it and was told well you want it that way i won't be eating it or something to that effect uh but at any rate, uh but uh I would say that would not be your typical uh reaction, but I guess it kind of depends on the place. Um all right, well on to some listener comments and feedback. And uh Johnny uh uh Receive an email from Sparky regarding the Ming toy Murphy Matter. It was nice to get a lighter, funnier story. Edmund O'Brien would never do that. The best drama slash action series show throws in a funny episode now and then. Well, thanks so much for the comment um i I think that what we saw with Edmund O'Brien a lot of it was uh, reactive. Um, The previous uh, Johnny Dollar, Charles Russell, had a lot of uh, flippancy and uh, jokes that didn't necessarily play well, I I think partially because of the script, partially because of the type of actor that uh, Charles Russell was. And so there was, I think, this reactive idea, you know, we need a serious uh detective drama. And you really don't find a whole lot of humor in the Edmund O'Brien, Johnny Dollar stories, unless it's kind of the uh cynical gallows humor type of uh, thing, such as in the Singapore arson case where O'Brien urges that uh, your company – will uh, get its money, which, you know, in his letter to the insurance company, which is really what matters to you. And it didn't happen much under John Lund. The reaction and the focus was on being more matter of fact and the show could stand up in the era of Dragnet. The ironic thing about that, of course, was that Dragnet worked in quite a bit of humor into its stories. They didn't have many straight humorist episodes, but they would always tend to try and lighten the blow of some of their heavier programs with a little humor, particularly at the beginning. And I have to admit that I do also, like Sparky, have an affinity for action series that work in uh, an a appropriate amount of humor. One of my favorite... Uh, Series in that vein is, of course, I Spy with Robert uh, Culp and Bill Cosby. Certainly, it's not laugh a minute. Uh, and they've got plenty of action and tension, but the two have great chemistry, and that leads to some very humorous, uh, very fun moments. I will say that humor can be a difficult thing to manage in a lot of action or otherwise dramatic series. As you study, in particular, science fiction series, some of the worst episodes are those where they decide to do a comedy, but they do their comedy in such a way that the characters... Act completely out of character. So it's a tough balancing act, but if you can do that as a program and you can keep your characters consistent and still have humor out of it, it's definitely something that I uh, enjoy and uh, appreciate your comments. I also have some comments uh, regarding... of. Episode 1345, The Melancholy Memory Matter. Jim says, I had trouble making out most of the conversation in the little house in Mexico. Glad that Johnny, uh, restated things and clarified the whole medical deal. Well, I will admit that, uh, that episode, Melancholy Memory and uh, The Meat Toy Murphy Matter, were some of the uh poorer sound quality programs that we have had, and thankfully, the number of programs uh with uh the later um, rele- uh, releases and more refined copies out there that sound really bad um, are uh, much less than they used to be on Johnny Dollar, but they 're still out there. And we'll run into them from time to time. So sorry that didn't have great uh, sound quality, but that is one point where some restating definitely comes in handy. And some more comments, uh, just on Johnny Dollar in general. Uh, Aloma says love my Johnny Dollar. Keep him coming. Bob says love Johnny Dollar. And, uh, uh, Pastor Lisa says, I love the five-part serials. I've been tuning in for a year now, and I absolutely love your podcast. Keep up the great work. Philip says, great story. And Samantha says, uh, regarding the omnibus uh, edition of the McCormick Matter, uh, totally just made my day, Adam. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoy the uh, programs that uh, are to come with the uh, omnibus shows. All right, well, that will actually uh, do it for today. We will uh, be back tomorrow with Dragnet and next Friday, Johnny Dollar, as well as next Sunday and next Tuesday with the Omnibus uh, edition and then some newly discovered John Lund episode. I do want to uh, remind you to uh, support our listener support campaign, support.greatdetectives.net. Among the thank-you gifts we do have available... Include some uh, comic books, uh, collections, including Superman Chronicles Volume 1 with a donation of $75 or more for listeners in the U.S. and Canada. We'll send you the earliest Superman comics. Also, uh, we do have Michael Hayes' great book on Superman over radio and television. Flights of fantasy we'll send with uh, a donation of $100 or more. Full list of thank you gifts available at support.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, though, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.